Is your but, mic on? <laughs> I was definitely like, I feel like you're uh, very far away. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, boy. <laughs> like we were sharing a mic for a while. <laughs> so sorry, Daryl. Uh, it's all right. We don't yes. need to... We don't need any of that be- before part. Anyway, <laughs> nobody wants to hear us talk about the coronavirus. And our conspiracy theories about them taking away our civil liberties. That's, that's boring. Nobody wants nobody that. Nobody wants that. And everybody already knows about it, too. Like <laughs> We live in that. Everybody mm-hmm. knows it all the time. <laughs> Let's try to make people laugh instead. <laughs> What's the deal oh with boy. toilet paper? <laughs> Am I right? Oh boy, here we go. Let's mm-hmm. have a hot gr- takes. <laughs> hot takes on the Rona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Oh boy, man, yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's fascinating, and and we're watching history unfold before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a fan of history, and I've always wondered, you know, as I as I read and as I learn, like what what were the feelings and thoughts and the emotions of the people that exist within those states? Like the one thing, one thing I've always been fascinated with is like the fall of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Because the, the the Roman Empire was the greatest empire that had ever been constructed up to that date. Sure, it was efficient. It was strong. It was intelligent. It it it, it knew it how to party. Cult- yeah, knew how to party. Mm-hmm. It it proliferated culture throughout the rest of the world. We still are influenced by the Roman Empire. You know, definitely uh, incredibly influenced. <laughs> I've been to Caesar's Palace in Vegas. It's great. <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, no, I wouldn't I, go there now. I feel and, like all of Las Vegas is probably shut down. I'm sure of it. Las Vegas is probably a ghost town. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the you... best time to gamble. <laughs> gamble with your life. Las, <laughs> Las Vegas is is a town uh, of only bars. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> bars and a bars bunch of people true. around you. <laughs> Unhealthy people, too. Yeah. <laughs> But a lot of old people live there, so... Las Vegas is going to be hit hard. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know there are still motherfuckers going to bars. Oh, of course. I'm sure there are people still out there. Well, why not? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand how, if you're a healthy person, I understand you don't want to catch it from anybody else, but to just quarantine yourself because you're fearing of catching it? Well, like, but the idea, I think the idea is that... Yes, it it most likely won't affect you if you catch it, but the idea is not to spread it to other older people right. or people who are sick, which right. I understand. Which I understand. I, I'm you got to be realistic about it. You can't not leave your house to the point where you're literally living in there entirely, not leaving. But you should also avoid like public, big, crowded areas. I think you don't think so. I feel like if you're healthy and the people outside are healthy, then you're not going to catch it. But the thing is, we don't know if the people outside are healthy because there's no testing. Right. And you could have it and not even have any symptoms. That's you very could just true. be like, oh, well, it doesn't affect me. That's I'm badass. Yeah. 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 But it's like the flu. Like, I've obviously, when I've had the flu, I don't just still go, well, I'm going to work and everything else still. <laughs> Fuck that. No, it's like I'll stay home because I got the flu. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, I caught it not being in my house all day. I caught it somewhere else (laughs) out in the world. I mean, if you're being smart about it, you have no reason to fear. Right. If you're you're not, you know, going – literally going to bars with crowded people – and big restaurants, you're just being cautious about it. I think mm-hmm. you'll be fine. I'm sure. But it is like like with anything else, and maybe this is preventative shit, but you hear about all the statistics with like 
car crashing. Nobody ever goes, well, I'm never buying a car then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about how many people die from that? You're right. You're right. But at the same time, we do put in certain safety features that make driving and owning and being around cars safer, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we have laws and registrations. You have to get a license. Obviously, yeah. So, I mean, you know, just, it, there there is a lot of fear and a lot of panic unnecessarily. <laughs> I think it's what you're driving at. It's right? like if this was another bubonic plague or any type of those like huge mass extinctions from before, yeah, I could understand that. Yeah, I mean... Definitely... But it is like, I want to say the coronavirus is like the equivalent of getting a canker sore or something like that. Like, yeah, where if people got it, they're like, well, now I got to basically tell my loved ones goodbye and I need to just (laughs) write my own will and hopefully my affairs are in order. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you just caught a cold. And they're like, yeah, we're better be safe than sorry. Right, 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 right. However, I, I, at the same time, I would like to add an addition to your canker sore analogy that the the canker core the, the canker core <laughs> the canker sore could potentially kill older people and you know, right. people who are sick. So it's a weird line you have to cross of not mm-hmm. giving into hysteria again, but being being smart about it. Well, I remember I had an old neighbor of mine, and he uh, died by falling off a curb. <laughs> he literally like fell off a curb walking and then passed away. Jesus Christ. So I'm like, well, now we got to get rid of curbs. <laughs> we better get rid of those curbs because they're killing off old people. Like, no, I know, but in the tens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, and I get, I get there. There is a certain level of un, too much fear. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we, we still I, – I, I still am adamant that we need to take certain precautions as sure. opposed to spreading it. Because uh, the, 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 the curb conspiracy – the curb conspiracy – the curb metaphor uh, doesn't it, – it, it doesn't necessarily work because it's, it's just – it's a curb. It's a, it's a piece of – it's something that exists within the world. You know, it, I, I'm too high to – Extrapolate on this. You got me high and and, and disarmed me, Daron. Stand up comedy, open mics, interviews, and a podcast too. It's just a day in the life for Daryl Williams. Welcome to This Comics Life, guys. This is me, your host, D. Williams, a.k.a. Daryl Williams, a.k.a. Dumbass, a.k.a. Dude That's a Little Racist. Sometimes, <laughs> not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you had me believe in you for a second, Daryl. Yep. I'm a racist. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm sitting here with fellow stand-up comedian, Justin Larkins. Hey, it's me. Yeah. Daryl. Talking during <laughs> our quarantine. We are quarantine buddies. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Guys, what are you doing during this uh, apocalypse? We are, we are, we are doing this. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're hearing it right now, man. So, Justin, when do you feel like you made your first joke? Um, 
Was it to so like can, a family member? Or? I can tell you the first time I remember making everybody laugh on purpose. Mm-hmm. I was in fifth grade and our teacher was talking about different things that our parents would buy from the store. Just mm-hmm. a question to the class. And I remember like everybody was like, oh, groceries or, you know, like, tell, I don't know, food, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I stood up and I was like, well, my sister buys birth control pills. <laughs> And the whole class went crazy. They didn't get it, but the teacher was laughing, and that's what made me like, right. oh, shit. I made an adult laugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and everybody else was like, what's birth yeah, control? Basically. <laughs> and then she begrudgingly was like, well, I guess I got to tell all these kids about yeah. sex now. <laughs> and then she, that's when our sex ed started, mm-hmm. right there. Uh, she was like, your parents should have been taking this. Instead of having you. Yeah. <laughs> I love this clown nose, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, really, I really want. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to like, because I, I want to get more experimental on stage. Because sure. I, I, I need to get, I need to get past my, my fear barrier of. Uh, this might care. be stupid or. Yeah, this might be stupid and dumb, but maybe I should try it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to bring props on stage now. Right. Um, I, I, I know what you're thinking already because it's what everybody thinks immediately. I love Carrot Top. <laughs> Really, Daryl? Yeah, I do. I have to go. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I uh, people shit on Carrot Top because he is he's quick to he. It's an expedience thing to some comics. They think right. he's being lazy with his writing. Well, I feel like it's you know the the general feeling it's hack. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. this is dad jokes or this is stuff that's like low hanging fruit. Like there's no nuance. You didn't have to think hard to get there. Uh, however, I think I can do it better. Yes. I really think that I can push it. I, I have a couple of props already that I'm trying to work into the act. Mm-hmm. Because right now is such an experimental time in comedy. Right. And things are changing. We thought uh, musical comedy was hack up until 10 years ago. Right. Right? And now some of the most popular comedians out there are musical comedians. Yeah. Well, there's always one or two guys that initially start off strong and like break the mold of like, oh, wow, you can do that? Yeah. And then... <laughs> After a bunch of people see them and yeah. then try to imitate them, then you get a lot of mediocre mimicry. Mimicry. That's a good like, way to put just, it. Just, yeah. Like me- ba- bad bad derivatives. Right. Basically. Right. Uh, so, this, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And then so that I feel like will then sully the whole overall opinion where it's like, okay, now we used to like that, but now there's so many people that are bad and shitty at it yeah now i don't like it anymore (laughs) definitely definitely agree with that but then you will have again another person that goes and breaks the mold again and now you have another resurgence of that yeah exactly so i i I, and we're seeing a lot of resurgences i think of a lot of the old styles of comedy right people are really experimenting like julio torres yeah he did his whole special about shapes Mm -hmm. i didn't see it but i heard interesting things about it right but i mean he had to have seen like carrot top and go oh i can do that better right or that's kind of me or i want to do something a little avant-garde or whatever which is i i love avant-garde as long as it's funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. for me i mean before anything it has to be funny right right Right. it should be the basis is where from where you start i want to see like more characters you know Mm -hmm. guys that actually like kind of have a persona on stage but like off stage it's not them yeah, that's like a Larry the Cable guy or something like yeah, or like uh, Dice, Dice, yeah, Dice, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Emo Phillips, right, right, um, right. All of which 
No, I mean, Emo Phillips. I love Emo Phillips, but of he'll course. never hit a mainstream. Like, no, he's too weird. Yeah. He's just too weird. Once I was driving down a highway, and I was swerving all over because I was trying to change the radio. <laughs> And just as I got the old one taken out, <laughs> this state trooper pulls me over. Well, I shouldn't make fun of his speech impediment. Or like a Neil Hamburger. Neil Hamburger. I love Neil Hamburger. What? What does medical science call... A poor soul who has been diagnosed not only with Down syndrome, but with Tourette syndrome as well. Mr. Robin Williams. And what? What does a plate? Do we have any chefs here tonight? Huh? No? Well, then this won't make any sense. We'll do it anyway. What does a plate, a plate of asparagus risotto have in common with sex with Robin Williams? Well, both of them make a woman's urine smell peculiar. The, the, like the, the ex- what? What are the what are the weird things of this weird thing? Mm-hmm. What what are the what are the not mainstream ideas represented within this non mainstream art form? Like I liked Kaufman for that same reason yeah. too, where it's like him himself was a character, but then from there he like made other characters. Like the Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the wrestling persona and yeah. all of these types of things. That it's like, it's not just the Mighty Mouse thing. It's yeah. so much more than that. Yeah. And a lot of times, yeah, it, it's very risky. It's, it's like very it risky. either either people get it really quickly and go like, oh, I get it. Or they're just like, what the fuck is, which is this? Which is what makes it so scary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so scary stepping into an environment that you don't necessarily have right. never been tread on before. Mm-hmm. I mean, Carrot Top has uh, a monopoly on the entire prop comedy scene. Totally. Right? He owns it. Well, Somebody yeah. eventually has to look at that and say, okay, how can I twist this on its head again? And if, But that's the thing. If you literally try to do a trunk full of prop jokes, people will be like, Dude, that's what Carrot Top does. And you're like, yeah, but he's the only one that can do this? Yeah. <laughs> Who said he could only do this? The rest of you are all saying the N-word. I should be able to do yeah. prop comedy. No kidding. <laughs> no, exactly. it is, it's true. It's well, true. Well, that's – and I feel like especially in the open mic scene when you first start, it's like there's all these like unspoken rules of like what makes people like suddenly <laughs> gravitate towards like, oh, he's a likable guy or everybody kind of in the scene likes him. It's because – and I find like it's – oh, it's because he's talking about these types of jokes. Yeah. And he's wearing a hoodie and a soccer t-shirt <laughs> and jeans and some Vans. So he looks the part. Yeah. <laughs> and now we'll like accept him because he's talking about things that are already these 
they're already in the mainstream mm-hmm. and already he, we've all are touching on ourselves right and now he kind of so he's like playing the part of a stand-up comedy guy that just starts instead of it being like i'm gonna just do things that i feel funny and yeah. i don't care if it breaks the mold or doesn't conform to what other people are doing already in the scene yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no that's, that's very interesting again we've talked about it uh before but comedy is very very hierarchical mm-hmm. and and we tr- we we pride ourselves on being with it and existing within an art form that is against the mainstream. However, we are also all afraid to leave the mainstream of what right. is mainstream within comedy. It's so scary to defy the comedy gods. Like I feel like every comic that I've seen starting out in the first five months has a joke about being sad, being alone, <laughs> you know, having social anxiety of some sort, and sucking at dating like it's all like this prerequisites like yeah they all have different takes and it'll all be these from their own perspective yeah but it's like yeah but you got to stay on these topics or you won't be liked in the scene yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so this is giving me a lot of courage to experiment deeper so thank you for that (laughs) daryl i say do whatever the fuck you want i know i know and i i I always know that in my head it's just scary doing it and Mm -hmm. putting yourself out there in a place that is untouched Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody's got to do it. It's, it's up to us as the artists within the art form to progress it forward. It's not up to the people behind us it's up, or in front of us. It's up to us, right? We, we make up the majority of what comedy is. trying to say we shouldn't be prepared and we shouldn't take it seriously and do everything we can to precaution ourselves against certain things but after you do all that and you figure out that the world's not going to end still now let's get back to the fucking way we were like of course like yeah we need we i think people almost like being quarantined what the fuck are you talking about man because it's like it gives them a reason to not do anything not do anything and be paranoid and to just like go on social media all day and it's just like this isn't helping (laughs) this break we're taking in america right now the whole country just kind of like okay we're gonna be in our homes for a while is entirely unprecedented as far as I know in the history of our country of just like everybody just the country just shutting down except mm-hmm. like in times of ex- extreme crisis right like the, the the Great Depression or the Civil War but uh, it's yeah, like yeah, you know, I mean, you know these guys too. are getting all I want to say and I'm not trying to say everybody out there is like this but I guarantee you there's some people out there that are using this paranoia to have a two-week break in their life and be like, oh, yeah. cool, this is a nice excuse to not go to work. Yeah. Why? Because I hate my job. Yeah. <laughs> not because I'm scared of getting coronavirus. I'm, I'm really excited for what happens on the end of this. Because eventually we'll come through, right? Eventually mm-hmm. this will end and eventually everything will go back to normal. And I'm curious as to what the American populace, how, how it will adjust to having just passed through this moment of extreme quiet Mm. over the country mm. just just the people just going home and shutting themselves off i have a theory that it'll make people stew and it'll get them angrier and angrier and something's gonna pop after this i right. think I, pe- people are gonna pop because you can't have a whole country go home and think about things mm-hmm. and then just re-enter the workforce <laughs> entirely with a government that they already profoundly hate i think this is affecting single people the, the hardest <laughs> 
because in these quarantine days, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm really alone. We're going to have mass suicides across the country. Oh, it's so horrifying. Or just mass, like, blind date hooking up. (laughs) Oh, that makes it better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, you're right. It's going going to be like the boomer generation. Mm Mm-hmm. We're just going to have a plethora of babies across of course. the country. You have to imagine so many people are fucking right now. Oh, Jesus. This has been kind of like an underlying thing that I've been seeing everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's a very interesting perspective. It's uh, just like every time when there's like a huge mass blackout, suddenly nine months later, there's a huge surge yeah. in babies being born. What? Yeah, potentially. That's also another potential. Mm-hmm. Well, we could also have... Nine months uh, from now. <laughs> I I also have another theory, another potential uh, uh, offset of this. America's going to go home and come back, and we're going to have what I have sensed has been coming, which is a massive cultural artistic change. Mm. And we're going to go through this incredibly interesting artistic experience uh that illustrates the intensity of the era similar similar to like you know the the uh the renaissance period sure or or the existentialism i mean it's a smaller art movement but you get you get the right 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 so do you think like there's gonna be a a postmodern apocalypse yes, art movement. I'm hoping so, and I, I I have a feeling because I've I I travel a lot around a lot of art circles. Not to sound like a fucking pretentious Ooh, humble shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I go out and experience a lot of different types of art, right? Which again is douchey to say, but it's true. It's true. It's my it's it's what I spend my time doing, right? Um, you know, and I I've been sensing this 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 coming shift of the the psychedelic movement mm. it's 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 becoming a renaissance within itself sure their their whole museums yeah. focused on gathering psychedelic experiences uh different kinds have you ever been to wisdom in la yes you have been there mm-hmm. i love that place yeah yeah that place is dope it reminds me of this uh art installation that was out there in la for a while called xtc that's okay it was like three letters yeah and uh the whole installation was different artists and each artist was doing a piece of work while on some sort of psychedelic or was that at wisdom i think it was it might have been at a different uh you know venue yeah but it it travels all it's a lot it's a it's a performance art piece that travels to different installations Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's a bunch of different artists it's not just like one guy but there's like certain artists that take over like a whole room and then other ones that will just like, you know, have us just a one painting. I saw, yeah, I, I saw, um, fuck, I don't remember the guy's name, uh, but it, it was an art exhibit at wisdom, um, called melting rainbows. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Have you, did, have you heard of that show? Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the idea is that, so wisdom is a series of domes for anybody listening. Uh, and in the biggest dome, uh, a guy sits in the center of the room, with a tiny little dome and light is projecting up through it. So then he squirts different colors mm-hmm. onto the little dome and is projected onto the ceiling and he spits right. them out and he licks it and he rubs his face. It's really, really, really interesting. Yeah. Well, he definitely has coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I don't feel like that art piece is going to be nope. seen by it anybody. over. <laughs> I'm really excited to see what America comes out of this as. I would Um, like to see that, like a performance artist, like there's like a man and a woman standing next to each other. Yeah. 
and they're like you know just wearing like black morph suits yeah with just their faces cut out yeah <laughs> and then one like the man is just standing next to the woman and he's like i have coronavirus and then the woman's like i don't have coronavirus and then they, they and then kiss. Yes. <laughs> and then they slowly back away, and then the next couple <laughs> comes, and they do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's and incredible. It's <laughs> and then so at the end, they're like, we all have coronavirus. <laughs> oh, boy. And then they just collapse right there on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I was Jesus thinking Christ. about... Uh, this would be the best time to start doing like jackass pranks, <laughs> but all like coronavirus theme, like yeah. make up stuff that has nothing to do with coronavirus. Yeah, like put like some red food coloring in your mouth and walk into a bank and just start coughing it up. Yeah, and people are like, <laughs> "What the fuck?" Oh boy! And then you just run out into the street. Yeah, and then you drive away, <laughs> and they're like, "Uh oh." <laughs> That's what I mean. And you're like, <laughs> but oh, in reality, Jesus. like, that's not even one of the problems, like symptoms, <laughs> like, you don't come up. People one. are just going to freak out. Yeah, they just freak oh, out. Oh my gosh. Oh, that would be so fantastic. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Daryl, no, that's bad. We should, we'll get arrested. Yeah, <laughs> of course you'd get arrested, but it would still you be would hilarious. No, it would be great. Like, oh, just boy. like, you know, you, you get some like fake piss or like. <laughs> And you just like whip out like a fake dick in like a grocery store or something. <laughs> and they're like, it doesn't even transfer through urine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Get him. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, just to just like murder that they, they would murder that guy right? <laughs> just to see how stupid the fear drives people yeah. where you're like now you're not even thinking logically <laughs> and you're like paranoid but it doesn't matter oh boy you i wonder if it's gonna get that bad it is gonna you get think? bad you yes think? i wonder man you have educated college professors that are like well i know i'm gonna get it because i touched a bird once <laughs> <laughs> and you're like that isn't okay what <laughs> i never even knew it transferred through Did birds say that? <laughs> no but i'm just saying like okay. people make up stuff in their head that yeah. that for whatever reason it's like it's logic to them but if you look at it from an outside perspective you're like that makes no sense bro yeah. Yeah. but in their head they're like it makes perfect sense yeah that's how my grandfather got it <laughs> trying not to think too much <laughs> i'll be honest with you i'm uh, co- comedy is my coping mechanism like, and i don't have that right now so us I'm talking like... about it for this long we've probably caught it just it's by talking it's yeah microphone if you say coronavirus three times the candy man will give it to you i don't know it's I, i'm i'm trying not to like i said i'm trying not to talk like comedy we're supposed to talk about comedy in this podcast we didn't do that all. Is, oh <laughs> right no this is the coronavirus <laughs> this coronavirus I'm, is life I'm, <laughs> that's what it's called I, i'm sure that this is uh this is uh gonna be everybody every podcast oh, for a course. while now. everybody's gonna everybody. talk about this yeah. at the top <laughs> i'm sure there's so many podcasts that are being created just to talk about it yeah <laughs> I'm telling you, Daryl, this is going to mm-hmm. start something. This I guarantee you, you something. look up on iTunes and there's already, I guarantee you, at least 50 podcasts called Quarantine Pod <laughs> or like, 
locked in my house pod or whatever. Yeah. Like, because people are trying to figure out, well, what do I do for the next how two weeks I, in my house? Yeah, how do how do comics? Because our job is mm-hmm. to talk to people, right? What if this begins a new art form? Oh, everybody has their five minutes now. On- yeah, everybody has five minutes on a podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> to get people's attention, say the most interesting, funny thing. I just want like <laughs> it to be over already so we can start talking about other shit that's going on. I'm yeah. tired of talking about it. Comedy, comedy is my coping mechanism, and I don't have that right now, mm-hmm. so I'm a little bit stressed about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you feel about that, but this is my thing that I did every day. That kept mm-hmm. me out of being insanely depressed. So mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll see how this goes. It's very weird. I feel like it's I've been that way in my own comedy myself where yeah. I'll say a joke. To a bunch of comics that know me, that have hung around me yeah. for two plus years, and it does dog shit. Yeah. Say it to a bunch of strangers, though, and it suddenly works. And it's like, yeah. well, how come it works with strangers, but not the people that have known me for two years? Is yeah. it just because they're jaded and don't laugh at anything, or do they just don't laugh at anything I say? I mean, this you know, this is a really good... I love Orange County. I love it. You know, and this is a really good place to get a lot of stage time, mm-hmm. but you can't get famous out of it. Not no. that necessarily being famous is your goal, but it's hard to get out of here. Of course. Uh, it's it's hard to move forward while still being in Orange County. So you got to leave Orange County eventually. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and if you're just doing comedy because you like it, that's cool. You know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to leave if you don't want to. But there's right. no way you're going to make it out here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should be able to make it in Orange County because Orange County loves cisgendered white males. <laughs> That is very true. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it should be all about me. That's most of us, yeah. I think. <laughs> so are there jokes that you feel like you could say in Orange County or not in Orange County that you could say other places? It depends. Um, it depends because there, there are separate circles within Orange County itself. Yeah. I mean, there I like I, I, I talk a lot about language and a lot of my jokes, mm-hmm. a lot about like weird that that kind of weird shit. Um and I can't do those at Gallagher's. Right. But I can do it at the Amazing Comedy Theater where they're looking. Right. Because uh, the rec room. Well, I feel like that's really the difference between a club and a bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And bars are definitely like, I got to grab their attention. You have to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And say something more than more or less shocking. Yeah. To grab their attention and be like, okay, once I have your attention, now I'll say the funny part. Yeah. But the beginning was just like, balls, <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed for me, my secret weapon in bar shows uh, mm-hmm. is my laugh. Because the, the audience immediately turns and says, "What is this guy doing?" Yeah, uh, I so actually, I'm. You super just glad. start off laughing. You just get sometimes, to- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on. St- well, what are you coming do on is- stage next, Justin Marquez? <laughs> That's just your just three minutes of you laughing. <laughs> 
You no, guys don't I, find this funny? <laughs> uh, I, I've had it's it's almost scary for me sometimes because I've had sets where the jokes have all bombed, and but I laugh at the jokes afterwards, and then the audience comes with me, and I'm like, no, don't laugh if you're not laughing at the jokes, please, because I don't <laughs> I don't know the difference. It's, <laughs> it's been very scary for me because sometimes I don't know if the joke is funny or if I'm reacting to it funny. Right. So right. I don't know. Well, sometimes the reactions are always funnier than the joke, and that sucks. But at yeah. least it lets you have the ability to reset and not, like, yeah. have the set be a total bomb. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, I've definitely said those things, too, where, you know, the two-thirds of the set was working great, and then you move into a second, you know, the last joke of the night, and you're like, wow, the first two-thirds was way better than this. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. Should have left it on the fart joke. That's true. That's true. It's, it's very true. I, I, I was dating that, that same lady. One time when we were having sex, uh, she, uh, she queefed. No, 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 no. Well, she did that, too. On this specific instance, she farted. But... I asked her, like, did you just fart? And then she said, no, it was a queef. Such a weird thing, like, like, women, what does it matter? Like, why, like, why does it matter, like, where the air comes out of? Is it literally, like, because, like, one is, like, forcibly out of your ass and the other's, like, kind of just falls out of your vagina? Is that the difference? Like, because I really wish, like, men could do the same thing, where, like, I was like, no, that, baby, that wasn't a fart. That came out of my dick. <laughs> um, speaking of queefs, let's get technical here. Do you think that the air that comes out of them is like oxygen or carbon dioxide? Because I really feel like it's oxygen because, first of all, pussies don't have lungs. They can't process the air. But here's the thing, with that said, if it is oxygen, if you were underwater, like drowning, and there was a girl that was like getting off right now, like next to you, could you like put up your like lips to her like pussy and just be like, <laughs> a jacuzzi jet, and just like take that air in and like breathe for another six seconds? Could you do that? Yeah, this is the science we need, guys. Fucking hey. I really feel like this is the sign to me. Um, speaking of farts, though, um, I wish that every time when we farted on a bicycle, it would boost us. Like, and also, scientifically, like, the velocity of the fart would determine, like, how big the boost was. So if you just, like, did, like, like 5% faster on the bike, but if you, like, almost shit your pants, you could get to, like, East Long Beach in, like, two seconds. This would be awesome, right? Elon Musk, get into this. Um, you guys watch, uh, porn? <laughs> Queefs, farts, porn. That's just, this is it, guys. I uh, watched my first transgender porn recently. Super cool. Super hip. The thing is, is that I didn't know that it was a transgender porn until about four minutes in. 
It wasn't labeled right. It was just labeled hot chick takes a big dick. So obviously I'm like, well, that's I'm into that. Who wouldn't want to be into that? But here's the thing. Four minutes in, said hot chick is like, you know, just taking it. And then she whispers into the dude's ear, give me that big dick where my dick used to be. Such a weird statement from a transgender woman. I, I really feel like this is Hollywood magic. It's like some director that's like telling an actual regular woman, like, hey, trans women are in right now. You need to just say like halfway through, give me that big dick where my dick is so we can call this a trans film. And then she's like, whatever, give me two grand. And then, so she does it. But here's the thing, like, I don't feel like trans women are really saying that. Like, how many women that used to be dudes are, like, lamenting about the good old days when they had a dick? It's not like that. If anything, it's, she should have said, like, give me that big dick where my newly made awesome vagina is. Something like that. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Okay. I really feel like I should have ended it on the fart stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's for me. It, for me, it's kind of a scary thing. Um, I mean, comedy itself is scary. Of course. <laughs> the thing that I realized quickly, though, too, is that like the world doesn't change after you're set. Yeah, like that is true. You're. <clears throat> it literally. There's no difference between. Right before you went on stage and yeah. right after you went on stage. No. no Nothing no. has changed. It feels like it. it of course. It feels like the world is ending. Um, but shout like, out to coronavirus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was still like with me, it's like, okay, the two other comics that I came into this room with, you know, like we all carpooled to this mic. Yeah. Um, you know, we sucked a dick and then we all got back in the car and were friends and drove away like, yeah <laughs> we, none of us was like hey you know what uh you've been bombing a little too much i'm gonna have to reevaluate our friendship <laughs> imagine oh my goodness imagine friendship based comedy <laughs> i've had that have you have you had people i feel like i've definitely um when i first started even now i'll do a set and it yeah will suck a huge dick and suddenly comics I know for three years aren't talking to me that night. Really? But if I killed and did really well, suddenly they're talking to me that night. I do notice, like, because you've had sets where it's just, like, crowd-ending sets where you just just crush. Mm -hmm. You're just the funniest person on that show. It happens. It happens. And then you feel like the king. Mm -hmm. You feel like I'm fucking Richard Pryor. Like, I'm the funniest motherfucker ever. I'm supposed to be doing (laughs) it. That's always the thing, isn't it? Like, this is my purpose now. Mm-hmm, this is what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be doing. Right, right. Um, and then you get up at the next mic, and then you eat shit. And yeah. Like, I, I'm not worth anything. <laughs> yeah. I should never touch a microphone again. Well, the shittiest part is, is, like, I've had sets where, yeah, I crush literally at 9 o'clock, and then I go on at 11 o'clock with the same set. Mm-hmm. And the eleven o'clock does nothing. Yeah, exactly. and you're like, well, what happened in those two hours? And you perform it the same way. <laughs> yeah, and, and everything's and, yeah, the same, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but suddenly this crowd isn't laughing, but the crowd before you was. Yeah, <laughs> but why? I don't know. I don't know. There's a psychology to it, man. There's a psychology to it. Something 
involving people <laughs> deciding at the same time that they want to laugh at you or well, or not deciding, right? I feel like laughter is contagious. Yeah. It definitely is. If you hear other people laughing, you're going to be like, "Okay, I can I'm now allowed to." Or yeah. whatever, like and of course it's like you don't want to be the only one. Yeah. Exactly. So if you don't hear anybody, you're like, well, I'll keep that one in because even if right. I did think it was funny, I don't want to be the only one laughing. Yeah, which is why I always laugh as hard as I can when I want to. Right. Because like it, there's so many I've seen so many I've seen so many comics who who are much better than I am uh bomb mm-hmm. to audiences that just aren't paying attention right. or they don't know the jokes. Right. So I'll laugh at the appropriate times. Right. So like, hey, this is funny. You guys <laughs> right. right. It's a service I provide to people paying I've attention. been that way too where I felt like I've kind of tried to like lighten the crowd up. Yeah. Being an audience member like nobody thought that was funny. Come on, man. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I know funny. I know yeah. that was funny. <laughs> it's hard it's hard like watching a comic and you know they just like because you you know a punchline when you hear it. Mm-hmm, so you mm-hmm. hear a punchline and then you look around and then nobody laughs. And you yep. can just feel the comics like energy just drop. Right, it happens a lot with new comics. Right. Uh, I always try to. I'm a I'm an easy person to make laugh though. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll laugh at a bunch of stuff that yeah. probably isn't very funny to a lot of other people. But I'm yeah. just laughing because it's like, hey, he's trying. Yeah. Let's fucking give him a little bit of help, right? Like. He, we're this all really here <laughs> yeah like especially at the beginning it's like yeah. fucking give them some confidence at least the, the like, first the first six months of comedy and probably much farther than that but <laughs> the first six months of comedy are just hell you're of just, course you're just bombing night after night after night and you just keep going back <laughs> and you know you want to stop because it hurts mm-hmm. but also you can't stop right like i definitely felt like certain times when i first started out I was like, oh, these guys are purposely not laughing. Yeah. Because they want me to, like, leave the scene or something. Like They, they think they're toughening you up. Right. Like, oh, right. you know, this guy's like, got to earn his stripes. I'm not giving him any favors. Imagine how many comics. But then they'll laugh great. at, like, a shitty female comic just because yeah. they want to fuck them. Yeah. No, you're right. Like, you're so amazing. <laughs> wow, I've never heard any girl talk about periods before. <laughs> I want to talk about periods, <laughs> I have a monopoly on period humor. Like right? the actual period? Like, like <laughs> the, the grammatical? Yeah. <laughs> Why do we need a dot to, sh- to finish our sentence? The sentence should just end. Yeah. <laughs> just start it with another capital letter. That's the beginning of a new sentence. Dan from the Amazing Comedy Theater talks a lot about this. Uh, periods? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he has the monopoly. Of- yeah. No, no, no. Um. Just like the because the, he's been in comedy for twenty years, you mm-hmm. know, doing various things. So he talks a lot and about. And he was um, funny for two of them. <laughs> I like Dan. I like Dan. We all like Dan. Yes. I won't. I won't ad lib on. Please book me more. <laughs> um, no, I. Uh, he he talks a lot about like you guys all have beefs. I don't know why you have beefs. You should all trying to be trying to help each other. Uh, exactly. And doing what's best for, you know, the, the scene and stop adhering to the hierarchy that exists. The thing that I don't like and then I find very frustrating with me is that, like, people will judge genuine nice people as being not funny. Yeah. But they will <clears throat> judge genuine shitheads yeah. as funny people. Yeah. And I'm like... That should be different. Like, that should be, like, I don't care about your, like, how funny you are. If you have a shitty character. Yeah. 
I don't care how like funny you are. Yeah. You yeah. cheat on women, you're a shitty person, you're you know, you cheat on your taxes, you do all these like unethical <laughs> things, and everybody knows that you do these things, but it's like, ah, but he also hosts this great mic and I don't want to like ruin it. And it's like, okay, so the people that are quote unquote better people that don't cheat on their wives or do all these other things, yeah, you know, help their neighbor out or whatever. Yeah. Ah, we don't care, he's not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, as far as on stage, if you're funny, you're funny. Right. You know, um, it shouldn't matter what you look like, who you are. But that's the currency. Act. I know, and it's awful. Uh, but the problem is, is I don't necessarily see it changing anytime soon. <laughs> it's never going to change. No, it's never going to change. It's not who's the funniest. It's how well you're liked and yeah. how well you are accepted for whatever reason. Right, right. But right, people right. might accept you because you have a car. Whatever. It's like <laughs> you can you can buy cigarettes. <laughs> I've had plenty of times where people have put me on a show because I could drive them to the gig. Wow, that's interesting. You know, like oh, I'm on the list because the headliner doesn't have a car. Right. Right, right, right. right. And it's like obviously I'll take it, There's but the- I genuinely would like rather be like, "Oh, it's because you think I'm funny not because i have something you need (laughs) there's definitely like a currency in comedy that extends past being funny which is bullshit but i you can say the same thing about any sort of old boys club you know where uh the people in inside the circle get everything and Mm. the people outside the circle who may be more skilled may be more practiced may be more efficient they 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 don't get involved but that's this that's just the politics of the situation that's what I don't like about is, and that's why I've never really succeeded in a uh, career path either. Is because <laughs> I've always felt like it should just be merit based. It should just be based on your skill, what you can bring to the company. Yeah. Not do I get drunk with the boss on the weekends? <laughs> you know. Yeah, comedy is about relationships. Unfortunately, it's the um, networking that I'm always like. I don't know. I, it always is foreign to me. It always makes me feel uncomfortable. Like I have to be this fake person just so you can like me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. And then they always say, just be yourself. And I'm like, if I was being myself, nobody would hang around me. <laughs> that's not true, Daryl. I mean, I wouldn't hang out with you, but that's not- <laughs> I don't know about other people. <laughs> Cause being myself is talking about how I hate black people. <laughs> Because Daryl's a racist. Exactly. <laughs> that, I'm just being myself, guys. much as the only child mm-hmm. so i got the entirety of my parents attention right 100 of the time what about uh, your siblings well so my sis so my my youngest sister is 10 years older than me mm-hmm. my next my my brother's next mm-hmm. he's now he's about uh 18 years older than me mm-hmm. um my next sister is 19 and then my oldest is 20 years older than me ah, so uh, are they single <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Daryl. I will hook you up with my brother. Sweet. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. 
Uh, no, so it, tell them I do a podcast. <laughs> um, and and all, all of my siblings, all of my siblings solidified who they were as adults very quickly mm-hmm. um, for reasons that I will not get into because I don't want to. My family's very, <laughs> well, my family's very private. Clearly <laughs> listening. <laughs> Some of them support me, which is right. nice. Okay, um, so if you guys are listening, Justin's siblings, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> No, I love them all very much. They're all <laughs> wonderful people, but it, it's a it's dif- it's a different situation for each of them, and I could get into their you know right. why they chose that way, right? But I, I won't do that. So my my youngest sister moved out when she was twenty one. Mm-hmm. My oldest sister has been back and forth, but now she moved to Texas and she's living on her own. She's got a very big house and a lot of property. My next oldest sister uh, is dating <laughs> a CEO, uh, and she works at a very high level at our company, so she makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother flips houses, and he's into real estate and insurance, so that he makes a pretty good amount of money. Mm-hmm. My youngest sister's about to have a baby. She owns a house. Her and her husband work very hard. She has, they, ah. you know, they have a good, money, a good amount of money. So my, my parents very much prepared them. Yeah, so helped. they don't want to date me. <laughs> Uh, they, they, my sister loves bald people. So Uh-oh. if that, <laughs> that well, may help, that may yeah. help Daryl, you're very bald. And also I'm bald by choice, <laughs> not from the coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus so you makes you lose your hair. Oh, oh it boy. does. It makes you lose your hair. You or your dick gets smaller, <laughs> but your balls get way bigger, way bigger, way bigger. Way bigger. <laughs> We should start just coming up with bullshit <laughs> symptoms of the coronavirus. Like, you, you, your dick turns a puce. Mm-hmm, turn- <laughs> mm-hmm. Telltale sign of if you have it or not, uh, you suddenly get a British accent. Ah, oh, you pillar. <laughs> like, you didn't have one for, before, but now you do. <laughs> I'm not going to do a British accent, but I was going to do it, but I changed my mind. I'm it's not- the same thing about those, like, you ever heard about those, those like traumatic brain injuries that change people's lives? <laughs> like they Getting get hit, hit in the head, yeah, and, just... <laughs> and now they have a British accent, yeah. or they have like a brain injury, and suddenly when they wake up from their coma, they're gay. Going from before the stroke liking girls to having a stroke and waking up liking boys, that was a weird experience. It's just strange in the sense that you walk into somewhere and all of a sudden you go from liking that girl to liking that boy and the first time it happened it was a really odd sensation thinking well I never had these feelings before and how do I deal with these feelings it was quite a scary process I I met a guy once I met a guy who told me he used to work on the oil wells yeah and one day there was an accident on the oil well and he, he was, was a roughneck. <laughs> he was crushed. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And they put a, he, he. This is this is what he told me. They put a blanket over his face because they declared him dead. Whoa. And then right before everybody was walking away, he went. Ugh! And they were like, "He's alive! Let's get him to the hospital!" Right. And he. They rushed him to the hospital in um in uh in uh in South America. I think it was in uh, in Brazil. Right. Somewhere uh, off the coast. Yeah, yeah. So some somewhere off the coast. Uh, Brazil's not on a fucking coast, is it? <laughs> Brazil is in a co- has a coast. I don't know. Of, okay, I don't know. Where it's on Brazil the side is. of Atlantic. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh yes, because there's beaches. Right. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm awful. It's like <laughs> half the country. <laughs> yeah. Um, or is like coast. Yeah. yeah. So it rushed him to the hospital, and 
Brazil, and they speak Portuguese there. Right. So while he was in the hospital for three months in a coma, he learned Portuguese from – I don't oh. believe him. I do not believe him. Let me put that on record. But he told me that he, he learned Portuguese while in a coma in the hospital in Brazil. That's quite a way to learn it. Yeah. <laughs> That guy also told me, though, that he was best friends with Pele mm. and that he lived for six months in the Amazon uh, after having been lost on a boat. Dope. Uh, so I, he's that guy had some fucking stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, his Amazon story. I, I can't even do it justice. Um, but this guy was such an incredible story. Have you ever met somebody and you're, you just want to listen to them talk? Anytime when um, you say, like, he was hanging out in the Amazon for a long time, I'm like, one of the DC warehouses? Or like... <laughs> Like the locker oh, room. Let's get into Amazon. I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start spray painting their trucks. Mm. <laughs> mm. You don't like Amazon? No, Amazon is a corporate power that oppresses their workforce, and Jeff Bezos should lose his head. <laughs> I think my uh, brother works for you, from for Amazon, and he likes it. Does he really? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. I will say though, uh, he doesn't have a lot of joy in his life. <laughs> So maybe that's why he likes I, it so much. I, you know what? I, there, there's a lot of evidence of poor working conditions. Cle- and, clearly, yeah. any type of big conglomerate is going to be trying to cut measures and money and save time and effort. And- J- I, but, I mean, also consider that Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. If he gave half mm. of his fortune away, he would still be one of the richest men in the world. And his workers would get a much needed boost into the company. It's true. <laughs> I mean, because I, I understand, I understand the nature of needing stability, and he does provide a service that sure. makes our lives way more convenient. But at what cost? I mm-hmm. mean, Apple, Apple started the trend, but also now every phone company uses slave labor in their in their cell phone, you know, camps mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. in their factories. Uh, although I, I will say that there is an argument amongst. The assholes <laughs> amongst ass yeah assholes <laughs> that <laughs> that that's a, yeah thank you for helping me <laughs> i didn't want to i couldn't find the word assholes about uh, uh that that slave labor is necessary to any budding capitalist i want to say that yes yeah in a weird way i feel like that's the only reason why we go outsourcing so far yeah. is because yeah China is able to uh, pay their workers pennies a day when yeah. we couldn't do it over here. Yeah. 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 But I feel like it's the same thing of why America got off the ground in the first place. No, you're right. We use slave labor and we use immigrant labor. Mm-hmm. The only way massive societal shifts happen yeah. is when we undercut the workers yes. and just push the workforce as hard as we can. Yes. Uh, and it's awful. And it's awful. But even you look at any country that has gone through a similar industrial revolution. Look at uh, look at England. Mm-hmm. Look at look at Japan. They, all right. they did was just throw their labor force until things clicked and then the the economy started shifting mm-hmm. in a forward mm-hmm. direction. The problem is with the United States now is our economy is slowing. Right. It is slowing dramatically and uh, in a way that we do not necessarily know yet. Uh, and I, I like how every time when Trump talks, the Dow just goes down hundred points. Well, it did, it did, it did bump a little bit when he spoke, and then it immediately like doubled in dropping. Right. <laughs> well, at first he was saying like donuts for all. Yeah. And that's when it went up a little bit. And yeah. then when he's like, oh wait a minute, I I meant donuts just for me. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's when I went back down. Yeah. No, it's it's uh it's interesting. Um I I'm I'm very excited to see the coming changes after this, like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Uh it was fuck, I was on a train of thought. I don't know. <laughs> it's, no, it's talking I, about I assholes. <laughs> Marijuana affects the memory. I, 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 whoa, that's what I was saying. The Industrial Revolution. The American workforce, in order to get itself back and moving again, needs to have the same amount of energy that it had in the, the 19, you know, the, the, to stock the, the first, the Great Depression, the Great Depression. Right. And America's workforce doesn't know how to do that anymore. <laughs> it's the public sector versus the private sector. Like when it's, when something's publicly traded, that means, you're no longer beholden to just making money yeah. and sustaining profitability and having a, a small amount of growth yeah. over a certain amount of time. Yeah, right. It's like you need X amount of growth every quarter or we're not going to be making money for our stockholders, which in turn is going to put us out of business if yeah. there's no more people investing in our company. <clears throat> Are you a libertarian, Daryl? A little. Yeah. <laughs> Like you you have definitely like if a small business is in business, they're not necessarily going like, well, if we're not making 10% more than what we made last year, we're no longer going to be in business. It's like, no, as long as we're out of the red, we'll be in business. But with Amazon, you can't be that way. You can't. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So I, I would propose we need to get rid of the stock market. I I think that's what would make things be more about are we helping our employees are we still making money like can we stay afloat yeah a company working for its own good as opposed to working for the good of the stock market and the stock market isn't even like yeah so you have stockholders that are just this faceless entity you don't even know them like and they're only investing in you because it's gonna make them money they're not doing it because they like amazon the the (laughs) stock the, the stock market is just a story we tell ourselves of how much we trust the market, right? Basically, mm-hmm. we we investors invest based on uh, uh, trust that this business will maintain right. itself. So when it dips, then they lose trust and they have to pull their money out, and then the stock market crashes. So if we just get rid of the narrative, is it kind of what you're suggesting? Mm-hmm. Right? If we get mm-hmm. rid of the narrative that this is this is what our country looks like, and we start actually looking at specific statistics that like 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 employee enjoyment of their jobs right uh, the, the how, how much money people the the middle class is collecting right uh how much they're spending on taxes i think that would be a much what we do need our government is far too complicated right it's far too complicated well the problem is is most systems get set up in place to alleviate certain concerns yeah and then once those concerns are alleviated it now gets morphed into a different type of like entity itself yeah. it's just like social security or any type of entitlement program yeah it's like these are set in place to prevent catastrophes yeah. but now they're now now they're now hurting us mm-hmm. a part of the problem is is i think america in many ways pioneered this idea of the 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 combination of socialism and capitalism right it very much pioneered it you know, with, uh, with I mean, FDR's yeah. New Deal and just, just uh, you know, you know the history. Of right, right. Um, yeah, and, the and, alphabet and, soup. Right. We, and now other countries have said, okay, that's a good idea. We should try that and done it way better than us. Right. Because we've just never, we've never pushed the system past what it begun. And then plus... Well, and they what, can learn from our mistakes. Right. And then, and then that plus 
we, we when we switched in the seventies from becoming a, a, a producer economy to becoming a consumer economy, mm-hmm. and we stopped making all of our things, right? And then we began outsourcing it, right? Um, that that was truly the end of American uh, exceptionalism, I think. Wh- whatever you define that as, because right. then then we stopped. We we became money hoarders as opposed to producers. <laughs> but that's the, that's the, what happens. Doesn't it? We it, we we, cons- we create everything and we we boom as a country and then we dip because you can't maintain yourself as a as the top country forever. Or can you? <laughs> <laughs> For Foley artistry, <laughs> changing the subject. Yeah, I'm so, sorry. <laughs> I have a love for Foley artistry. That is true. And I was thinking, you know, what would be a cool podcast to make a Foley artist podcast. Like <laughs> that is interesting. To actually. talk about like different like Foley sounds that we love. You know, <laughs> how long can you sustain that? <laughs> this is a duck noise. <laughs> that's the today's episode. That's. <laughs> I listened to uh, an audio podcast that's on audio production, yeah, and it's called Twenty Thousand Hertz, which is uh, the tone of okay, like a. I, I want to say that's the that's the highest frequency that a human can hear. Okay, before it goes into like subsonic shit. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff on like foley work and like sound design and like what makes sounds so crazy and like yeah. special. Like they had an episode on the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> That's interesting. And yeah, and they have like an episode on like just Atari sound effects. That is actually that's fascinating. Yeah. I uh hmm, that would be interesting. Cuz it is weird like how how did this sound come around and why is it used so prolifically in everything? Yeah. You know and yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is how, how did it, for me it's like how did it become a meme within itself? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Because a meme is nothing more than the smallest form of an idea. Right. So then when we hear that, we hear we hear that that the idea of that scream. Mhm. Right. That's interesting. Like I hear the Wilhelm scream in so many movies and as soon as I hear it it kind of takes me out of the movie because I'm now like, "Oh yeah, that's the Wilhelm scream." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and they use it in they use I mean they use it literally across the board. It, mm-hmm. It's it's it represents itself now. Well, it um, just makes me think that how lazy audio production is. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we got the screen. We don't no bother using a new one, <laughs> going out and creating our own stuff. It's like yeah, we got that already in the bank. Can we get like a sound clip of the fully? Yeah, I mean of that Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> and once funny. people hear it that's the thing they're like oh yeah that's the scream i remember that like yeah, they don't exactly. know it's called that are there like, are there that many sounds that mirror mm-hmm. okay that's interesting i want to say that's the first one that comes to mind there's also so many fart sounds out there that <laughs> just get rehashed and rehashed <laughs> we have like five fart sounds there is and it's just they just get played over and mm-hmm. over again mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like can we get a fart sound? <laughs> we already had one from you. <laughs> it was a silent one. Oh, boy. I don't know if those sound like fart noises. No. <laughs> I remember in when I was a kid, and I still do it now, where I just love making fart sounds by myself. 
I'll just do it when I'm in like the shower or driving or whatever. And in my youth, I got in trouble so many times because I would make a fart sound and my mom or parent or some adult would be like, don't do that. And I'm like, why? It sounds funny. And they're like, it does not. Uh, When I was a kid, I, so I, I was a very like, (laughs) I was a very focused kid, Mm. weirdly focused. Um, it, it scared my parents. I learned in hindsight because <laughs> like I ne- a little OCD. Yeah. Or? No, no. So like, I didn't, pl- I didn't want to play with the other kids mm-hmm. because I thought they were below me. I know. I well, I didn't like. I thought I didn't want to be associated with other children. Oh, you can I, only make a bear sound. Yeah. <laughs> Get away! I, I didn't want to play with your toys. Right? I didn't want to play video games. And you, you laugh, but I was serious. Like I. Didn't <laughs> didn't want to do any of those things. So what did I you spent, want to do? I, I spent a lot of my time uh, reading, <laughs> learning how, learning, learning different sounds, memorizing scripts. Yeah. Um, I give, picture you as an eight-year-old wearing like a smoking jacket. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're I big found, lounge I w- chair. I've been a French philosopher since <laughs> I was nine years old, Daryl. <laughs> Like blowing a bubble pipe. <laughs> You're that nerd. Uh, so I I read a lot and I um I I, I gave. Oh, You're so like some, mother. Have you heard of this man named Descartes? <laughs> Literally, I was I was trying to transcribe Shakespearean poetry when I was like nine. I was like, Mom, look what I learned from this this mm-hmm. metaphor, and I expressed it to her. She's she. My mom was so nice. She's like, Wow. Oh, it's so interesting. She had no idea what She's I was like, fucking talking about. Don't you want to watch cartoons? <laughs> <laughs> they tried to get me friends, and it was just—it was not fun. Um, and they were—and like I asked my mom a while back because she talks about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Were you worried about me?" And she was like, "A little." <laughs> talks about um, it in her memoirs <laughs> that you wrote. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I I'll write your memoirs for you, mom. Yes. Be fine. <laughs> You um, were the ghostwriter. You know? <laughs> she she just dictated it to you. Yeah. Oh, another thing that I wanted to mention because uh, you talk about comedy origins, mm-hmm. right? That's part of the podcast. So when I was when I was third grade, uh, no, sorry, fourth grade, I was eight years old. Our our school had a talent show. And I wanted to be in the talent show. Yes, because I liked performing. I didn't know that I liked performing, but I I, I did. I, I just didn't. I didn't realize that that's what it was. Wanting to get up on stage, and right, be in front of people. Um, so I, I I I wanted to be in the talent show, but I didn't have any talents. I couldn't right. play an instrument. Couldn't dance. Couldn't sing. Couldn't do magic. Couldn't do anything. So I, I asked the, the like a true comic. <laughs> So, really, really, talking is all I could do. So I, I asked the, the adults um, in charge, uh, whose uh, son actually I'm still friends with. Uh, like I, I'm still, I still interact with those people. You done, Daryl? Yes. You done. Go. You gave I'm, me coronavirus. I'm done dying. Yes. I'm done infecting everybody who's listened right now. Um, so I, I, what was I saying? So I asked them if I could host it mm-hmm. and they're like, that's weird. We don't know why you want to do that. So, yeah, we don't so, need a host. <laughs> so, so they, but they said yes. And I, I rented a suit and on that night I, I, I introduced every act and I did jokes in between nice. each act. Yes. So like, yes. I don't know, all the parents in the auditorium, mm-hmm. probably like, probably like 60 people. It felt yeah. like hundreds, but it was incredible. And then I did it again for my fifth grade year. Dope. And then after that, I was like, I love speaking in front of people. I spoke at my grandpa's funeral just because I like speaking. 
I, every time in church, I wasn't even, I was an atheist, but every time we went to church, I was like, I'll read the fucking book. Right, right. No, I was the same way when I was in, uh, yeah, confirmation class. Uh, I always thought it was like the, because when you're confirmed in Lutheranism, yeah. you have to go up in front of the whole congregation at the end of your, you know, this is part of the confirmation process yeah. is you read your faith basically, or you like tell everybody in the congregation, this is why I believe and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that whole time, like when I did it, I was making jokes. I was making people <laughs> laugh. And I was like, this is it. Like, I don't care about God. I just want to make people <laughs> laugh. It'd be like that. It'd yeah. be like that, Daryl. For me, it wasn't even about it wasn't about even being funny. Like, even if I wasn't making jokes, I was still having the best time. Just mm-hmm. people looking at me and mm-hmm. like saying words and everybody listening to right. me. Being the center of attention. Yeah, like, oh, this is great. I think it comes from my my being the a lot of my psychology, I think, comes from my being the only, uh, not the only child, the youngest child by yes. about 10 years. Because mm-hmm. uh, all my siblings are close in age, and then there's me off at the end. Uh, yeah. And I always felt like that kind of made me want to be heard more. Sure. the adults were always talking, and I wanted to be in the conversation with everybody else. So it kind of teaches you how to speak early on so that you can communicate more effectively. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I feel like my... Younger sister, who's 15 years younger than me, is okay. kind of that same way as well. How old is she, though? She's 22, oh, 3. Nice, nice. Yeah, 15 years younger than me. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm 24. <laughs> yeah. She's a, yeah, you're younger than you. Yeah, damn. I didn't, I didn't know you were, I thought you were like 32. 38. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely more compromised than you. I'm practically dead already. Nah, I remember going to, I had a, uh, I was in a talent show as well for that same reason, where I remember doing some Red Skelton bits. This also uh, ages me well. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I have Red Skelton (laughs) albums, actually. I love them. So you even, you know who he is. Yeah, no, I know who he is. I actually. 20 year olds know. (laughs) No, no, I know, I know Red Skelton. I, uh, because like my, my, part part of how I got into comedy is my dad has comedy albums. Mm -hmm. He has Carlin, he has. Uh, Prior, he has Cosby, he sure. has uh, Cheech and Chong. So I listened to those albums when I was young, mm-hmm. and that kind of got me into comedy. And then I started looking at other comics, like sure. Dimitri Martin. And that's that, that's my introduction. Sure, to, sure. Like, learning what comedy is. So I no, I have Red. Ske- I, but I think I bought the Red Skelton because I, I I decided okay, let me add more to his collection. So I'm just collecting old comedy records. Mm-hmm. So I have a mm-hmm. bunch. I have like twenty of them. Yeah, I remember him doing some like miming routines. Yeah, and then I did those like same routines. On the talent show. Yeah. And everybody was like in the talent show. Like all the adults were like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I know who this is. Yeah. But all the kids my own age were like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) How old were you? I was probably the same age as you, like eight or nine. Okay. And uh, I was also the only boy in the whole talent show. (laughs) Like it was pretty much like all the other like acts were like girl group dance acts like yeah. doing choreography or like girls singing or ballet dancers you know just a lot of dance and singing yeah 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 but um i was the only guy that was like no i'm gonna do a comedy routine this is gonna be awesome yeah like <laughs> and i also thought it was like really cool like oh i'm the only dude like this is cool yeah yeah yeah. that is interesting so and, it cements uh, very early on right the the joy of it right and being like Oh, you're the only one doing this. Like that's like special. Yeah. 
I was the same way in band where I was like the only French horn player in yeah. the band. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm the only one instead of being like one of 30 trumpet players. <laughs> well, that's why players. I played the tuba. Mm-hmm. That's why I played the tuba because the tuba is, is there's only either one or two in the band. Uh, so I love looking, people focusing and looking on mm-hmm. me. It's, I don't know. It's a weird psychology. I don't know um, why it is. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we just didn't get loved enough as yeah. children. You know what? I actually, I have a theory that I got loved too much. Ah. Because <laughs> my mom is a, gives a you very, self-confidence that you yeah, don't exactly, normally would have. Exactly. My mom overcom- made me overconfidence to the point where now I feel like everybody has to look at me. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? And I, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a weird, like, I don't know how to get over that and i don't know if it's so deep inside of my consciousness now it just will never because how you grow up cements who you're going to be for the rest of your life in right. a lot of very you know definite ways well with me as well like i'm a tw- i'm a twin oh are you so yeah i have a twin sister so from day one it's always been like i felt like i'm like part of a pair yeah and i've always had to like in my own way like be like no i'm not like my twin or I'm like not the pair it's yes. me yeah. it's just me <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no I get that I get that a lot before we shove on out of here guys let's get to this one last segment you know what it is it's called Inside the comic studio, I'm going to ask Justin here a couple of quick fire questions. You don't need a big, long answer, but you can bring it out. You'll get one. Yeah, I want them, actually. (laughs) Okay, first question is, what subject would you like to talk on stage, but you haven't yet? Um... Definitely, the first thing that comes to mind is religion. I'm, I'm hyper fascinated by religion. I'm fascinated by everything about religion, how it's constructed, how people be- how people engage in it, the traditions, right? How, how it transcends time with a with a with one social narrative that connects people. I'm all, I'm fascinated by all of it, but I haven't figured out yet how to make it, how to talk about it on stage and and sound like Carlin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not sound like the thousands of other comics who right. run it uh, more effectively than I ever could. So I'll figure it out eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the way I'm going to figure it out is maybe not necessarily in the way that I think yet. I think that I'll figure I'll, I'll, I'll take another step towards another direction with that in mind. I hope. I feel like certain topics are definitely like, these are novice topics. Right. This is like topics people always bring up when they're first starting. Yeah. And then there's certain topics where, like, these are expert topics. Yeah. Like, you can only talk about this when you've been in the game for a while. Yeah. And you know how to make a joke and you yeah. know what, to, what you, your voice is. You have to learn the fundamentals of comedy before you right. can, can run with those big, heavy premises. Exactly. Um, That's why it's, like, easier to start off with, like, dick and fart jokes yeah. than why do we exist. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get there. That's the beauty of comedy for mm-hmm. you. I, I, I think that... Comedy prides itself on being a philosophical mouthpiece to some extent. Sure. And 99% of comics don't have the ability to extrapolate well on that. Mm -hmm. Um, We we call ourselves that, but most of us are just talking about our dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Even the women. Hey! Talk about my vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next question. What is your favorite joke that never gets a laugh? Um. Oh, so many of them. Uh, 
<laughs> Most of them. Uh, I love my jokes. If I say it on stage, it's because I love it. Mm. Um, something along the lines of, uh, I'm more confused than a butcher trying to sell meat to a vegan deli. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's too many concepts within it. And yes. the audience just turns off immediately. <laughs> vegan deli. I want to know what they sell. Yeah. <laughs> Fake meat. Ah, Duck vagina. It's all like impossible. <laughs> impossible meat. Because mm-hmm. those exist. Yeah. Those, I've been to those. But so. then they cut it just like a... Yeah, like, like a, a regular ham. sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> they put it on that yeah, big deli slicer. I like vegan food. I know people shit on it a lot, but... I'm not saying I like vegan food, but I definitely enjoy a lot of vegetarian stuff. That's fine, yeah. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) If hell exists, what would you like to hear Satan say to you? Um, When you enter the gates of hell. Okay, that's an interesting question, Daryl. What do people usually Well, it's because, obviously, every comic's going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) We wouldn't be here if we weren't already going to hell. Assuming there's an afterlife. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, it, it, okay. Well, it depends. Most people say, um, I want to hear them say, it's been a mistake. You're not supposed to be here. Yeah, I guess. It's a little boring. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, the party's waiting for me. <laughs> that, was, that was the first thing that came into mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you believe in an afterlife? <sighs> All right. You're getting me in this topic. I, so I don't necessarily believe in the Judeo-Christian idea of an afterlife. Uh, so I, I've constructed a like religious more of an Eastern philosophy. Right, right. Well, I, I've constructed for myself. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> I've constructed a religion for myself. Mm-hmm. I call this religion cosmicism. Right. Uh, it, I, I think I might have told you about this. I don't know if I've heard this. Oh, okay. Okay, but it sounds familiar. Um, I've constr- the, the, it's called cosmicism. The idea is that there is no God in the Judeo-Christian sense of a man in the clouds. God right. is the earth itself, and in right. worshiping the earth by giving the earth the attention it needs, we are thus worshiping God. Go like ahead. the Native Americans with like Gaia and stuff. And- yeah, but also it's 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 a very old ideology. Um, I mean, if you look at, like, the, the, the Vedas in Hindu scripture, mm-hmm. it's the same thing, right? God, humans are just God and drag. We are right. all God. This is all God. But the, my, my idea takes it a step further in establishing traditions and narratives along with the earth. Part of it is, part of it is uh, traditions with the mushroom, mm. because the mushroom is the, the, the communicable source, the connection between the consciousness of humans and the consciousness of earth. Sure. Uh, so you have, to, you have to connect with the earth via the mushroom, via the psychedelic drug, uh, and, and once you're there, you can communicate with the earth uh, and, and gain a deeper reaction, uh, attraction to the mother, and that should help you gain a connection uh, not only to the earth but also to the rest of the universe sure because all of this is part of the universe and, and so if the god is the earth then god is also the universe which hence the name cosmicism so it sounds like satan would say you took too many mushrooms bro <laughs> we got those down here bro we just got tang oh, and boy. one battery that you can put your tongue to let's hope let's hope Satan is kinky. <laughs> okay, uh, next question. What sexual position will you never try on stage? <laughs> Why am I trying sexual positions? Like an act out. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. 
Yeah, no, you're really bringing... <laughs> it's like two I, life crew I'm with... high, Daryl. I don't know what you want from me. Um, so I close with my girlfriend coming out on stage, <laughs> and we just fuck for five minutes. Well, three if she's lucky. <laughs> Let's be honest. This is yeah. Be one. That's, <laughs> I don't know. That's, uh... It'd be hard to 69. Yeah, that would be a little rough, especially on your... By yourself? Yeah. Like, so I guess that. That's, would you like lay on stage, or I was, would you I was like, thinking, like lay, use a stool? I was I was thinking like lay with the head of the uh, microphone pole. Ah, the microphone yeah. You're using the stand as yeah. like a, another person. Yeah. Um, so then you would put this microphone stand. The microphone try the, the legs, the yeah. legs on your face. Mm, okay. Wrap them around. Then you put the microphone actually on your taint. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. That would be a weird act out. That would be, but I would pay to see it. I would, too. I would pay so much. I want to see also the context of the joke as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what's important. You just bring up, okay, guys. Watch this me is, 69. This is my impression of a 69. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Next question. What profession would you like to see abolished? Um... All of the professions. No. <laughs> just uh, tomorrow, there's no more. No more jobs. You just in anything. <laughs> you don't work. You, you just stay at home. Well, this, that's kind of like what now I is. I was going to say, that's, that's literally the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, oh, the boy. coronavirus is uh, abolishing all professions. Can I say landlords? No, I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> Shh, you, could, you are a landlord. Yeah. We'll come for your head, Daryl. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, that was a lot darker than I anticipated. <laughs> I'm sorry, Daryl. No, I won't do that. Um, I will say, like, usually people will say any type of, like, government position or meter maid. Like, um, I mean, the the meter maid job, like, why, what, for what purpose does that exist? Like, Uh that's, that's... Yeah, why do we have meters in the first place? Yeah, why? Why can't? Why is that a thing? Are why does really bureaucracy like, extend that far? How much money is the city really getting from all these meters? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What? What is the point of this within our culture? Where right. does this contribute? And like, I, I've never talked to a meter maid. I'll be honest, like, but I can imagine they have probably the hardest job. Well, it's definitely the thankless job. Yeah, you're right. You're I don't think I would want to have a job where. My sole function is to make someone else's day shittier. And it's like cops can also do that, but they also perform a service within the community. Yeah, they're also theoretically solving crimes and whatnot. Yeah, theoretically. Theoretically. Yeah, 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 theoretically. But the the meter mates don't solve crimes. No. (laughs) All they do is charge you money. That's it. And it's not like firefighters are also meter mates. Yeah. Like, they're the ones that are just like, no, we're saving lives. That's all we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if we could combine those two guys. Then we would hate firefighters. (laughs) No more firefighters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Figure it out. So I guess any any government bureaucracy job like that. Right. Yeah, let's get rid of that. Well, luckily, it's all going to be automated eventually. So Eventually, and we're, I don't know what we're going to do for jobs then, but I guess mm-hmm. we'll figure it out when we become two hits. We'll be too old by then. Oh, boy. You will be. I will, I will be. be. Yeah, you, you're going to have to take care of me. <laughs> Next question. What celebrity needs to shut up on social media? Um, all of them, usually. Yeah, usually uh, all of them. I, I don't care. I like any of them. I Most don't. people say I don't know because I don't follow them. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> basically. I like I, I can't 
the people I I do follow, I don't get annoyed from. Right. I just don't follow the ones I don't get annoyed from. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess I don't know all of them. Uh, all of them who I don't like, who <laughs> I hate, should <laughs> should shut up. Um, Next Kevin question. Hart, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I see up. him everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Describe your comedy in three emojis. Um, I would definitely say the laughing crying emoji. The laughing crying. Okay. Is it like the like waterfalls coming out of yeah, your eyes, one, or the like? One. Okay. Oh, do you want me to show you? No. Okay. I'll. You could describe will, it. Will the audience at home want to see? <laughs> <laughs> I'll post it in the liner note. <laughs> no, that one. Uh, Sasha Sasha Saka pointed that out to me, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "Yeah, that's probably true." Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, also, like the. Uh, let's see. Sorry. Give me a second. I used the I used the face with eyes but no mouth a lot. Okay, so just the eyes with no mouth. No mouth. Yeah, because I, I surgically sewed my mouth shut. When right. I was Sixteen. I could uh, see that <laughs> describing your comedy too. <laughs> a lot really? of people just wide-eyed, like. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna laugh. But okay, Daryl. Definitely wide-eyed. <laughs> Daryl, you're every bald emoji. That's right. <laughs> I'm just every emoji. <laughs> Um, no, I, and then the third one. Um, I like the alien emoji. I'm weird okay. into weird shit. Like the android alien or the. Just I only alien. have one alien. The What's gray. The, the gray. Okay, the gray alien yeah. with the, the just the eyes and yeah, shit. Just, yeah, that one. I like weird shit. All right, I'm into all weird right. Shit. Like, you do uh, have some space stuff. Yeah, that's my thing. Actually, <laughs> that's my whole aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, so you know, thanks for that. <laughs> okay. Do you do any impressions? If so, which ones? That's kind of an impression. <laughs> that's all. I, I'm. In, yeah. I, I, that's all I can do. But no, no celebrities. No, no. Uh, you know what? I'm sure. Note. I, I, I'm afraid to try. Uh, I used to have a joke on stage uh, that never worked about like being Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. The joke was like, "This is my Robert De Niro impression." Hi, I'm Robert De Niro. Are you talking to me? You must be talking to me. Nobody else here. Spot on, man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that? I think I might try that again. <laughs> do you do any impressions of family members? Um. Uh. Yeah, but I don't. Um. I don't think they'll like it. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> not good. That doesn't uh, sound like him. That doesn't sound like mom at all. <laughs> The funny thing is, I like impressions, mm. and I want to do them, but I'm, I know they're all bad, so yeah. I never do them in public. I want to do a lot more impressions, but I always feel like it's so tough to do them on stage with non-sequiturs. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, how do I weave this impression into a joke instead yeah. of it just being like, here's me doing Marvin the Martian. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> Like, no. Everybody's like, nope, we're, we're I mean, out it's of a here. good impression, but it's not funny. <laughs> you walked an entire audience with a Marvin the Martian impression. <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of this, right? <laughs> yeah, That's upsetting. <laughs> kind of. I feel like, yeah, Marvin the Martian... Kermit the Frog, Ray Romano, they're all uh, our hair off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, Ray Romano. That's it. Debra. Mal. It also sounds a little bit like Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was uh, talking to my mother. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then you could just weave it in with, it's not easy. <laughs> it's just the hair off. Do you know Jonathan Blake? Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan Blake does a good mm-hmm. uh, Kermit impression. He is Kermit the Frog. I sure. Think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I feel like it's almost like you have to have like the vocal cords to kind of like attempt it to start. Like you have yeah. to have a base of like, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can alter it from there. Cause it's, it's just fluctuations on the, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But if you like naturally sound like, you know, Daniel day Lewis yeah, <laughs> or uh, Brad Garrett. Yeah. You probably can't do that because it's like, that your vocal cords can't just magically yeah, you're change. Right, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a, it's a very specific, vocal cord specific thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen up next week for Daryl and I's Foley podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Please make a fart sound. That was a weird fart. All right. You know what? <laughs> all, not all farts are created the same. I can do <laughs> armpit farts. Can you do armpit yeah. farts? He, I spent like a whole summer trying to learn how to armpit fart. You know what helps is if you get like your palm like moistened with a little bit of butter. <laughs> it makes them really like sound moist. They're all like. You just, <laughs> and you just have buttery armpits. Yeah. <laughs> and you have buttery armpits. But also that butter helps as a deodorant. <laughs> Women love the smell of butter. (laughs) Are you making biscuits? (laughs) Nope, just fart sounds. (laughs) Oh boy, am I making biscuits. Let me tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, what is the next Alright, what's the least progressive thing about you? Uh, I'm racist. (laughs) (laughs) Hate women. No, I don't know. Uh, um, I mean, there has to be something you hate. No, I... (laughs) I, least progressive? Yeah. Are we talking about like the mainstream of progressive ideas? Any idea that you could think of? I, I, I'm I, pretty pro-gun. Uh, You're pro-gun? I, 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 I believe in having an armed populace. Right. Uh, Second Amendment is right. still your jam. I, I wouldn't even say like, I, I'm, I'm not like a, oh, Second Amendment. Mm. Second Amendment like, rights. But, uh, but Second Amendment. I, I mean, <laughs> no, well, I, I think, you know, people, some people's lives, uh, across the country rely on guns you know for sure. food and right. for hunting and for things that's not my culture i do think there should be a certain level of reg- regulations and obviously. safety obviously yeah. there is a sense of like i don't want somebody breaking into my house and exactly. if they do i want to be able to protect myself. i want to defend myself yeah. yeah yeah definitely we should be prepared to a certain extent and i think guns help with that not you know automatic weaponry right but, but uh, should we be giving them to two-year-olds yeah <laughs> Take safety precautions. Right. Make but sure the safety's if, off when you yeah. get to school. Yeah. <laughs> we should definitely not be putting armed guards in schools either. Right. <laughs> so it's a very nuanced, yeah. complex issue. <laughs> okay, last question. When was the last time you saw a boob in real life? Uh, last night. Yeah? yeah? Was it good? Sorry. Your mom's <laughs> or your parents? No, I, uh, my own, actually. Ah, it can't <laughs> be your own. Not the last time <laughs> no, you saw I, your it own. it was last night. I, um, like a significant it was, other? It was somebody, so let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, but they were nice. They were, they were all right. It was a boob. It was yeah. right. I mean, you know, boobs are objectively good things. I've never Usually. been angry at saying a boob. I will say, um, what is that phrase? I've never met a boob I didn't like. <laughs> you know, the first time I ever saw a boob in public? Mm-hmm. 
I was in Mexico with my parents. Nice. A woman was breastfeeding yeah. on the streets. I bet, yeah, that's a way to see it. And she was, like, sitting on the curb in the middle of the highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, whoa! That's, and you were like, an important moment for me. Tienes chichis. It's yes. muy grande. <laughs> and she was like, gracias. Gracias. And then she gave me some bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you sopped up the milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we went too far. <laughs> there was the line. We crossed it. All right. All right. We touched on a lot of fucking topics. We did. Guys, we've been through a lot. We will still come out on top. Don't let this virus get to you. Yes. Justin, what do you want to say to the people before we shove on? Um... You should definitely let this virus get to you, and please, please panic. This is <laughs> no, I don't know. Just you know, just just chill. It's, it'll be cool. America's gone through worst worst things. I definitely. mean, we went through the the. Uh, I was gonna say the Rust Bowl, <laughs> the, the the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, went through the Dust Bowl. We went through two world wars. We went through the Great Depression. We went through the Spanish flu. We went through uh, Reagan and the AIDS crisis. We'll yep. be fine on the end of it. I think we should all be thinking now about what we want to do when we return to the country, what we want the rest of our future to look like. And where can people follow you? Oh, yeah, sorry, that's the important part. Uh, they can follow me at um, on Instagram at me underscore doing underscore comedy. Uh, you can uh, go onto my website and sign up for uh, my email list, and you can be notified when I have my shows, if you mm-hmm. like that. Uh, every No shows are on right now, but <laughs> when they do come back, oh boy. Uh, you can also follow me uh, on Twitter at Mustin Jarquez, M-U-S-T-I-N-J-A-R-Q-U-Z uh, on Twitter. And yeah, that's that's about it. And also, guys, if you like Justin and myself, sometimes go check out his podcast. Yeah, please. Please follow, uh, please follow our Instagram page at Please Send Help Pod. Uh, our podcast, Daryl, produces it. Yeah. Hey-o. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's Please Send Help with Justin Marquez. Andrew Mercado. Yeah. Sorry, I almost forgot to say that. <laughs> you, you don't Darryl. have to mention Andrew. <laughs> it's you and I. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, Andrew Mercado. And of course. Um, and you can follow Andrew at, at Andrew that numbers uh, on Instagram. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Also, follow me on the liner notes. You know what to do. Rate and subscribe. Blah, blah, blah. You've been listening to... Hey!